Oh, that's I so good. That. Because I feel, I like, feel <laughs> you just both said because I feel like we've been doing this for too long. What do the, you feel like, Liz? Well, it's probably the same thing you feel like. Welcome to the Finding Your Shine podcast, hosted by best friends Nina Boyce and Liz Garster. Enjoy a dose of Monday motivation each week as we interview people lighting up the communities of health and wellness, spirituality, and personal growth. Wherever you are on your journey to health, happiness, and self-love, Our real and authentic conversations with guests will keep you inspired and empowered. And keep you laughing too. Thanks for listening. We're honored to join you in finding your shine. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Finding Your Shine podcast. Today, we are so excited to introduce you to Krista and Blair of Women in Dharma. They are two of the five team members that are part of that cooperative there in Canada. They lead journeys that will inspire you, awaken your higher self, and transform your being. And their mission in everything that they do is to show women that they can have it all, family, career, and self-fulfillment in a way that is unique to their own personal journey. They're also pushing the envelope of how they do business from equal pay across all their team members, which we thought was amazing. We'll talk about that in the episode. Um, and they truly work together as a team with equal voices and put in some interesting um practices to do that. We'll talk about the Enneagram and their work incorporating that both into their professional and their personal life. So um, as far as things, if you're looking for a a kind of a a collective support group of women that have, um, you know, retreats and just all sorts of group activities together, kind of um, online a la carte stuff where you can find out more about yourself. This is a great platform for you to check out. There's lots going on um, in Canada, but also available to our listeners in the U.S. and abroad. Before we hop into this episode with the lovely ladies of Women in Dharma, we do want to remind you about our workshop we have coming up on September 1st. If you have not made your way to our website, which is empoweredvoicepodcast.com, I highly encourage you to head on over there and read all about our incredible speakers that will be presenting information at the event, as well as how the day is going to go and what you get by purchasing that ticket. Early bird tickets go on sale on February 1st. And so if you want to be first to know about those tickets and the deals for Empowered Voice, you can sign up to be a part of our newsletter, which is going to be at the bottom of that page. So again, the website is empoweredvoicepodcast.com. And as always, feel free to also message us and follow us over on Instagram for more information. And that's Finding Your Shine Podcast. Awesome. Well, let's get into this wonderful conversation with two of the women at Women in Dharma. Hey guys, welcome back to a new episode of the podcast. Today, we have two guests with us. We have Claire, or Claire, we have Blair and Krista. I just combined both of their names into one name. (laughs) That's like, you guys are now Claire for the rest of the podcast. And we're Lena. (laughs) Lena, or Niz, whatever whatever you want to call it. Um, And they are the founders of Women in Dharma, and they're here to talk to us a little bit about what all of that means and their mission. Um, So would one of you like to get started and just sort of explain who you are and how you came to this line of work? 
I'll leave that to Krista. So she's our co-founder and um, her and Megan are both our co-founders and I would be a founding member. Okay. Um, so I'll leave her it. to share the story because she was there when the seed was planted. <laughs> so myself and the co-founder, Megan, we met each other through... We were working for a coaching company together. And that coaching company, it was great and wonderful. However, we realized that the message that they were putting out into the world was kind of more of like that hustle, set a goal and achieve energy and just coming from more of an masculine energy. Mm-hmm. Whereas we found the people that we like to work with were, were mostly women and they came from a, an approach or an appreciation at least of flow. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where Women in Dharma was born. So Megan actually became pregnant. And knowing that she was going to have a baby coming into the world in nine months, she was like, I only want to spend my time on things that are truly important to me. And that is really what I always consider the, the birth of Women in Dharma. Because from that point, we carved out, okay, like what are the messages? What are the principles? What do we really want to put out in the world? And this whole concept of Dharma, which we define as the journey of you being you, mm. is what we just want to support people with. Mm. So you coach that. around the idea of Dharma, which is your life purpose, right? Is that another way to interpret what Dharma is? Well, so traditionally, that's what it is. However, we want it to be very inclusive of people who may not know what their life purpose is or may have like mixed life purposes. Mm. So again, we, and we, it's not only coaching. So like we, we have these different experiences like retreats and group circles and things like that because it's, not about your purpose per se, but it's about just acceptance of where you are on your path. So maybe right now you are at home with your children and mothering is your purpose. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you are an entrepreneur and rocking it and that's your dharmic path right now. But maybe also you're in a nine to five and you love it because it's supporting you in getting... Um, cash flow for you to travel, which is super dharmic for you. So it's a very broad array of just like what you're up to and kind of embracing your life. Mm. Oh, that's so good. Because Because I feel... feel, (laughs) You just both said because I feel like we've been doing this for too long. What do you feel like, Liz? Well, it's probably the same thing you feel like. I feel like... I love that, especially because... I think a lot of us are inclined to be like, I am this and my role is this and I will forever be this. And we don't think about whatever that milestone is, whether it's being a mother or starting up a side hustle or whatever that moment is where we're at in life. We don't think of that as a temporary like point in the overall destination. We kind of like identify ourselves like by that point instead mm-hmm. of separating ourselves from it, if that makes sense. Oh, 100%. And that's something that like originally when we were talking about this idea of dharma, people thought it was something like, oh, I need to find my dharma. But the reality is, or like what we want to share is that you don't have to find it because it's happening to you and around you. Mm -hmm. And it's more so about the choices you make on, are you like embracing it? Are you shutting it down? Or like, 
essentially, how are you playing the cards that you've been dealt? And I love that too, because what I was going to say, Liz, is I feel like we're always looking for something more. And so I think it's important, like, yeah, we want to have goals and like there's, you know, things we want to do in life, but not so many of us are not content in the moment. And we feel like, what are we not doing? Like, why am I not living my purpose? Well, maybe you are living your purpose or you always are living your purpose. And so I love that you guys are honing in on that because women especially, I think, feel a lot of guilt for like, not doing quote unquote what they think they should mm-hmm. be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I feel like our perspective on Dharma, it is very unique. And I feel like it's very exclusive to the energy that we've created in Women in Dharma that Dharma is something so fluid. It's so flowing. It's very intuitive so that it it takes that pressure, that daunting feeling of like, I have to find my dharma. I have to find this one thing. And it makes it so much more inclusive, like what Krista mentioned. And it feels like, okay, as I journey through life, I'm going to continue to uncover these pieces of myself, these pieces of myself that have been lost through conditioning or whatever it may be. And as we begin to collect those, it's just like, when you say it's a lifelong journey, it's like, okay, that's fun. That's not daunting at all. So... I feel like Mm -hmm. that just speaks to the energy that we've been trying to create. Um, So yeah. And it's so needed. I'm So one thing that intrigues me is, so you're a cooperative, right? Mm -hmm. Can you explain for our, so I'm very familiar with cooperatives because I work with credit. I'm not. So thank you for asking. I was going to ask that. I was like, what does that mean? And I I like read it on the website. I was like, I don't know what that means. (laughs) I work with credit unions. So I like, I get co-ops and the principles of co-ops and like, but they're much more common in Canada than they are in, or at least I think people are more familiar with like the benefits of them than in America. So how, can you explain like how you guys function as a co-op? And what yeah, a co-op so, is, right. I have no idea. <laughs> so this was a deliberate choice from day one. When you set up a business, you either have to incorporate as a corporation. Um, in Canada, we call it a sole proprietorship. I think it's something else in the U.S. LLC, maybe? Um, we have that. Yeah, LLC. Uh, those are usually the two main ones. But then a third option is the one that is cooperative, aka co-op. And the essence of that is that everyone who is involved is considered an equal member. So there's Mm -hmm. no hierarchy, there's no CEO, there's no boss, there's no one ahead of each other. You're all on an equal playing field. So we started off with just Megan and I, and then very quickly added our three other team members. So now we're a team of five. And what it looks like is we each contribute what is dharmic for us. So what we're feeling inspired and intuitively drawn to do that month. And at the end of the month, we compile any revenue and divide it equally five ways. Wow. That's amazing. And super practical example. So Megan, who we were talking about the co-founder, she just had her baby And traditionally, you know, you take your mat leave and you don't get pay or anything like that. But what we've decided is that throughout her time with her being with her baby, she's going to still get that Mm. same equal pay because what she's doing is her dharma at this moment. Why are we not operating on this system more? (laughs) Because America is the worst. I want to put it out to your (laughs) listeners too, because I haven't really come across another service-based co-op. Like, you know, often there's like health store Mm co-ops and credit unions, like you mentioned. 
Um, but this idea of service-based business, imagine if there were like little pods of women coming together and creating this, mm-hmm. how amazing that would be. I know. I know. There he is. There he is. Um, <laughs> sorry, my dog just pops up in every single recording. The listeners, you can't see this, but he's behind me as we're he recording. He looks so regal behind you. <laughs> he does. He's like hopefully going to stay here for the rest of the recording. I was just thinking like how cool that would be to build something and create something like that with other women just as like a support system. And when everybody, you know, it's like you all have the same goal. You're preaching the same information. You're sharing the same information and teaming up in that way where everybody's an equal sounds like such a beautiful thing. That's what I love about when women create businesses. Like I feel like when women start businesses, there's so much, like you said, like flow. And I just think the way that femininity plays out in the business world, I think there's so much more of it needed and it gets stifled. What does like feminine business ownership, like feminine living, what does that look like in the work that you do? I'll leave that, the feminine ownership to you, Krista. (laughs) I feel like you can speak to that. Krista's like a totally like badass entrepreneur. She has so much experience with it. And I always tell her that she's a goddess. So <laughs> I need to hear more of it too. I want Krista. coworkers that tell me I'm goddesses and we all I know. Like, share things. Like this sounds great. Oh my goodness. Okay. Thank you, Blair. Um, well, so it's just, it's, I'll start off by sharing. So I think for most of us, when we started off and we were sharing this idea with our male partners, they were kind of like, you're doing what? You're you're splitting all this? Mm-hmm. And how do you trust that someone's going to work as hard as you? And what if you put in more time? Like they just had all these questions, which were totally viable. And we've definitely thought through them ourselves. Mm-hmm. However, I think the feminine approach really comes in with this inherent trust with the people who you choose to build this with. And so that's kind of like the foundational piece is that trust. Mm. And then on the day-to-day, it's like we definitely have goals set for ourselves and we have that long-term vision and we know what we want to do. So like there definitely is that kind of like action energy, mm-hmm. which you, you need for a business. However, we always, always check in with each other and make sure that, okay, is this inspiring to you? Is this coming from a place of flow? Is it coming from a place of intuition? Or has it, does it feel fun? And even for example, today with Blair, we're talking about like the, the next email we're going to sign out, send out. And I said to her, it's, if you get frustrated with the technology part, like, don't try to figure it out on your own. Just mm. call me because, like, we're here to support you, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I follow, um, her name's uh, Elisa Vitti, I believe. And she's like a big, big period hormone person because that's like my jam. And the way she runs her business, it's all women. And they like honor the cycle, like the menstrual cycle, of course, because that's she's cool. like period focused. But it's also, really important because our emotions and our feminine energy follow our cycle. And so certain times your brain's going to be, you know, more alert and it's going to be ready to like schedule and plan and communicate. And then other times you're more intuitive, like right before you start your period, you're more like connected and you're um, a little bit calmer and you need to be more gentle. And that kind of reminds me almost of what you're saying. It's like, let's, let's follow what we intuitively want, like what our body wants, what our mind needs. And we'll, and to be honest, like you work more efficiently that way instead of pushing, pushing, pushing in your masculine. Like 
let's be in our feminine and let's use our feminine qualities to our advantage. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that I'm sure that that's been a big success I'm, in your business. Have you seen the difference coming from the other world that you were in and now doing this? Yeah. I mean, for myself, I can speak to the difference that it makes when we come together as a team and we have a connection hour. We don't immediately jump into action. We're not focused on the to-dos or what's coming up. We always check in with each other. And if are we experiencing any stuck energy, like whether it's within the team or outside of the team, if there's something that's really going on with us we always talk it through before we move to anything so that we can really like mm. prioritize having that clear energy so that we can all feel fully present and fully ready to to step forward into whatever direction we're heading into. So how do you guys honor the times when you're not, because you used the words intuition and flow. And I'm just curious, can you explain that a little bit more maybe to our listeners who are like, well, how do you know? Or like, how do you even get to that state? Like if I'm not what do I do? Mm-hmm. So the way I would describe intuition and flow is you're simply in the present moment. So when I'm not in flow, I notice that I can be quite anxious. I can notice that my voice is different. My body feels different. Um, it's like this feeling of embodiment, I would describe it as. And if I notice that I'm so... Either I'm too focused on the future or if I'm in the past that there's something there that needs to be released, whether it's verbally or physically. So we've had so many instances where for me, I am so prone to anxiety, especially when I'm stressed. Um, And that speaks Mm -hmm. to the Enneagram um, that we'll talk about later, I'm sure. But Enneagram nines, when we are in our stress point, we go to a six, which is a highly anxious, I'm thinking of like all the worst possible scenarios that could possibly happen. I feel like me and Liz can relate to that <laughs> happening in our own lives. I feel like we're both very like up, down, up, yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> so realistically, the way I would describe it is that my focus is with the team. When I'm in flow and I'm in my most intuitive place, my focus is on the other four women with me and it's nowhere else. And however, if it mm-hmm. is, I totally acknowledge that. And I'll say, you know what? I have this on my mind. I'm worrying about this. And we'll talk it through as a team so I can feel clear to move forward and be fully present with them. Now you haven't, I don't think you gave yourself an introduction yet since we've started the podcast. So oh my how gosh, did we just you, got so excited. We just yeah, jumped right in. How did you find this work? And how did you find, you know, Krista and how did you fall into it? And were you working in a more masculine driven place before this? I'm I'm so curious. So, oh yeah. So I would guess to describe my journey, I come from a very strong athletic background. So I played ice hockey in university in which without, it goes without saying that that is a highly masculine sport. So when I was in that sport, my self-worth was so strong. I was confident. Um, I spoke my truth. Like I just felt so rooted in who I was. And when I stepped away from the sport, I realized that so much of my worth as a person was based off of like object referral. So it was based off of everything outside Mm -hmm. of me. 
So my achievements, my success, um, my status, my identity as an athlete and as a student. And so as I move forward, like I look back now and I realize how beautifully everything unfolded. And I started working for a wellness company and they introduced me to the Enneagram, the seven spiritual laws. And that's when I realized this whole idea around self-referral, that it was all about cultivating that fulfillment and that joy within myself. And through that company, Mm -hmm. I was um, introduced to all these concepts. And then I was introduced to my mentor, Megan, which is our co-founder. And Mm. um, she took me under her wing and she was my coach and mentor for a couple of years. And through Megan, I had met Krista and we were in an Enneagram group coaching program. And so from there, uh, Megan introduced me to Women in Dharma. And I was so, so excited because I was just so ready to make a major shift in my life and the way I was being mm. with everybody. So it's been incredibly life-changing for me. I know I've, I have very limited knowledge of the Enneagram like personality stuff. Can you explain that? No. A refresher for me. And I don't know, Nina, if you've... Is that the EFNJ stuff? That's Myers-Briggs. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what was that? Myers-Briggs? Isn't yeah. that what that one is? Okay. Is it similar at all? I feel like I've them, yeah. you're like shaking your head like, <laughs> nope, not even close. I feel like I should know this. As a health coach, I should probably know what you guys are talking about. So yes, please okay. explain. Uh, so so I like I always start <laughs> off by saying like, I know I'm biased. However, the Enneagram is in my opinion, like a thousand times better than Myers-Briggs because there's so many like layers to the onion. Mm -hmm. And just to give you kind of like the Coles Notes version of it, there's nine different personality energies. So typically if you were to Google Enneagram, and I'm going to, I feel like I want to spell it out because it's like a funny word when you hear it. Yeah, please. And also now that you even started talking about it, I feel like somebody else has brought this to my attention before and they were like, you need to do this and figure out like who you, what you are. And yeah. Yeah. And you, you, you'll see, hopefully this like entices you because it like, not only is it good for you, but then like your husband and the people in your life, you just start to see these patterns. Mm-hmm. So, um, Enia, E-N-N-E-A means nine, which are the nine different personality energies and gram means points. So if you Google it, you'll see there's like this beautiful image of these nine points around a diagram. And it almost has like a sacred geometry look to it. And typically with the Enneagram, they they call them nine energy types. However, with women in Dharma, we really want to focus on the fact that they're nine different energies because we all have these nine energies within us. However, we all have one slash some that are more dominant than others. Mm-hmm. And do you guys maybe want to figure out what your core yes. is? I'm like, I kind of want to Google I'm right so now. intrigued. I also love thinking of things and like energy makes so much sense to me that we all have everything in it, in us, but some are um, higher than others or um, what's the word? Not, not higher. Is there another word for that? show up stronger. Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah. Yeah. Please. I yes. want to know. I'm so stronger, curious. Yeah. I wonder if me and Liz are opposites or not. 
<laughs> okay, so we've got two basic questions. And again, this is just scratching the surface. So, so let's see where we end up with it. So question one is, of these three descriptors, would you consider yourself introspective, assertive, or supportive? Introspective for me. I'm kind of torn between assertive and supportive because I feel like I'm both assertive and supportive. I feel like I'm less, I don't know. I don't know. And again, <laughs> go with your gut. Which one is like, <laughs> look at me. I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just. <laughs> what was that? Were you trying to describe me or yourself with those like intense hand motions? You, no, I was just saying like, go with your gut. Like whichever one, like oh, that's what I did. I'm gonna but go then with, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. So I shouldn't be like telling you to go, go with, with assertive, I think. And so Liz, just the fact that you said go with your gut gives us a major hint for question number two. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> because so question number two. So Nina, I feel like assertive may capture where your energy is most of the time. So we'll just play with it. But okay. from listening to your podcast, I feel like that could be accurate. Okay. And again, you have all three. There's just like one higher than the other. So then the second yeah. question is when it comes to making decisions, which one do you tend to use the most? Gut, head, or heart? I de- Liz, you're going to be like, it's the opposite. I definitely use my heart, I think, when making. Well, I use a little bit of gut. I use a lot of gut, but I feel mostly it's like whatever my heart's like drawing me towards. I feel like my, I feel like it is my gut for me. I feel like I always kind of instinctively like have an immediate pull and then I use my head and my heart to like, validate that or not validate that. Invalidate words. <laughs> so Blair, do you want to explain what their results show? from the- <laughs> show so easy. <laughs> so I'll share um, what I guess I'd be picking up on with Liz is that I'm noticing a lot of nine qualities within you. Um, so a nine, a nine Enneagram is actually what I identify mostly as, and we're known as the peacemakers. So at the most, (laughs) so we are often the most, we can be so intuitive and we, we are so in tune with our gut. However, we have such a challenge trusting our gut and trusting our intuition. So, um, at our most natural state, our primary fear is causing conflict. So we will do anything you at all costs. You are speaking to Liz conflict. right yes. now. <laughs> no one can see me not. Like, yeah. Anything Liz yeah. can do to avoid conflict is like your highest priority. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, when I was introduced to the Enneagram, I was like, holy shit, this is me. Yeah. Like I avoid conflict so much. So, so with that, there's... There's so many opportunities for growth. Once you recognize what your core energy is, you can recognize what your strengths are as a person and then what possibly your blind spots might be. And one of those blind spots for a nine is you're so focused on not causing conflict that like choosing somewhere to go for dinner is like a challenge because you'll go, well, I'll go, well, wherever you guys want. Like, I honestly don't care. And I'm so focused. It's like my go-to response. (laughs) (laughs) So, so it's so interesting because um, 
it all it co- all comes down to the intention behind it. So since I identify as a nine, my focus around like people pleasing is that I don't want to create resistance. I don't want to create conflict. Mm-hmm. Where Krista, she identifies with the two energy, which is also prone to people pleasing. However, it comes from a different angle. So with Krista, the two's primary focus is to feel loved and to be loved. And so their their fear um, behind that is that what if they won't love me or what mm. if they what if they won't support me anymore? So that it's super interesting. And I'm curious um, from you, Krista, like what are you picking up with Nina as her core energy? I feel like I was so all, all over the place. I was like, it could be this and maybe I'm this and I might be that. <laughs> well, if we if we stick with like your original kind of gut answer of let's say assertive and heart, that puts you at uh, Enneagram 3, which is known as the achiever. So there's a lot of achiever energy and like wanting to um, get a lot of uh, certifications and really not like... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And Liz is now nodding her head. I'm always like wanting more certifications. (laughs) I'm like, I want to do this and this and this and I got to do this and this and that. Yeah. And so as Blair mentioned, as a two, I'm also in the heart center. So I use my heart for decisions. And since that's something you and I have in common... We, we really care about other people and we care mm-hmm. what other people think about us, which can sometimes be like a hard thing to admit. Um, but that's the reality yeah. for the heart types. Like we just, we, we care what people think. And, and yeah, so for type threes, there's also like, I feel like one of the biggest things to think about. And I can really speak to this because three is also really high for me. So I identify with this energy a lot, but there's a lot of work to do around your worth and coming Mm. to terms that it's not always about like you're doing and your next achievement and the next award or whatever, that you are enough just as is without all those accolades. Oh, yeah. And that's... I feel like I have some achiever in me. Yeah. Based on that whole bit. Yeah. And something I have been working on, too, um, is, like, being enough right where I'm at and not always having to have, like, all of these things going on and, like, achieving X, Y, and Z. And it's interesting because I think that is, like, a quality I see in a lot of women. And, like, the women that I coach, it's always like, okay, well, like, take... Pause for a second. Like, you're fine, right? How you... You're fine right now. You know, you don't have to do this to be okay. You don't have to do that to be okay. You don't have to achieve this to be okay. Like you are okay um, just by being born and being a human. So I feel like that's a quality that so many people have, but I'm definitely working on that in myself right now with everything going on. Totally. Are you getting emotional right now? (laughs) No. Oh. Oh, did it look like I was crying? Like for a little bit, I was like, oh my gosh, she's so emotional. Oh my gosh, no, I'm fine. I mean, I could get emotional if I really wanted to get deep, but no, I'm good. <laughs> what if I was like, yes, I'm crying. Thank you for putting me on blast like- right now. <laughs> my bad. That's so, so how, funny. So how do you find out like what your secondary energies are? Like explain how that kind of works. Like, obviously you have like maybe a dominant one, but what are some of the support ones that support that dominant trait (laughs) or point? Yeah. So we actually have a few exercises on our website 
that help support that process. So we actually have a ranking exercise. Mm -hmm. And so um, basically you can go through this list and we provide um, really detailed descriptions of each of these types. And so you can go through them and find which ones resonate the most for you. And if you want more beyond that, there's actually so many tests online where you can um, you can answer these questionnaires and you can find out through those tests what are your top three dominant energies. However, the only counter like the fall to that, I guess, is that sometimes I found when I answered the quiz, I was answering as though how I thought people saw me, not how I actually was. So my results were skewed. So I find personally that that ranking exercise and going through that list and really finding like what resonates the most with you is the best thing because it's really using, you know, your intuition again as your best tool to rely on for those answers. And that's on your website? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll uh, definitely give yeah. you guys the link for that. Is there a book as well? Because now I'm having, um, like, this is all coming back to me. I remember my friend was like, you have to read this book. It's been life-changing. You and Cody need to read it. And then I I think I actually did do a quiz online and tried to find what I had. I don't remember what they are at all now. This was like <laughs> two, had to have been over two years ago. But I'm curious to go back and do it because I'm, this is so fascinating. My only comment about the quizzes, and this is like an Enneagram nerd fact, <laughs> they're only 66% mm-hmm. accurate. So yeah. Oh, I, that's I know. so specific. 66%. That's why I'm like Enneagram nerd over here. But the, the, the core way to really know the Enneagram is you have to be open and willing to spend the time learning about all nine. And then from there, Mm. you're going to just... It's another language. So like when I introduced this to my husband who... We were together for 10 years and then that's when we introduced the... That's when I learned about the Enneagram. So I showed it to him. And even though I had been with him for so long, it's like when I read about his Enneagram type, I was like, oh my God, I actually understand you slash accept you as a person because... (laughs) I feel like I need to do this. Cause like, well, Liz, I don't know with you and Zach, but me and Cody have such opposite traits, like so many opposite traits. And In I many feel like ways, it would be, yeah. yeah. And I feel like it would be very beneficial for us to just like appreciate the opposite traits that we don't always appreciate in each other. And, and the thing is, it just gives you a language as a couple. So like one thing that the Enneagram yeah. talks about is like, so, okay, if you're a type nine, when you're stressed, you take on the energy, the unhealthy energy of the six. So then you can you can mm. say to your partner, okay, I feel myself going into the six energy right now. Or we even joke about it. Like if I'm stressing out, Stephen will say to me, okay, you're going into that unhealthy aid energy or, you know, like it's just a language to navigate how you're feeling. And yeah, it's amazing. I also want to add on to that like, uh, instead of being like, well, this is just how I get. Like, I go into eight energy. I don't know these numbers and what they mean, but I'm just, like, using them as an example. Like, it's not to say, like, well, that's just what I do or that's just what my brain does. I think it's a way to be like, this is that side of me that can, can leans towards this, but how can I kind of course correct? Or, like, exactly. what can I do to support 
that. And I think a lot of times people are very stuck in like, this is what I do. And this is how my brain works. And this is me. And I can't change it. Yeah. Yeah, But you can. I mean, or you can support. And like, how can your weakness be something that you also can look at as a way for growth? Yeah, it's um, it's so interesting because once I introduced the Enneagram to my partner, he he like saw all of those qualities of like the indecisiveness in me. And so now when we're going out for dinner, we're deciding what to make for dinner. He's like, he's like, no, you're going to decide. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm going to champion you to like really tune in and to your own answers. And what are you craving or what do you want? And in terms of when I get stressed and I go into that six energy, he has such an awareness now that when I'm there and I'm worrying or I'm anxious, you know, not to say like, don't worry about it. Everything's going to be okay. He just says, okay, so just kind of like brain dump everything that's on your mind right now. Mm. Let's get it released so that you can feel really good. And then we can get you shifted back into that most grounded state so you can be thinking clearly and moving forward in like the best energy possible. This is a couple's dream. It is. (laughs) I have to know now what the stress six does (laughs) because if I lean towards nine, then I'm assuming my stress is going to be a six and my interest is peaked. (laughs) Yeah. So um, you'll definitely learn within our diagram. So it'll it'll do all those at stress or sorry, stressed and at best. So- As nines, when we're stressed, we become anxious, we are worried, we think of like something bad that can happen as a result of a decision, and then we think of like the next thing and the next <laughs> thing and the next thing. That sounds then, that feels right. <laughs> it's not a very enjoyable state at all. Um, but that's when we are highly stressed and and What's most important is for us to release those anxieties and those worries, whether it's through speaking about it, through movement, whatever type of practice works for you. And when we're at our best, we go down to a three. So like you were saying before, you have a lot of that achiever energy. That's when we're at our best. Ah, we're very good. I was like, I feel really like motivated. I kind of resonate with that a little bit, like parts of it. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Yeah. So that's where you'd be going at your best. And... Um, And it's definitely, it's like that highly motivated place where we are just so focused and we're ready to basically do anything. So um, yeah, that would be kind of the difference between the at best and stressed. What if I I am a three, what would be my not best? (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) a three, when they're stressed, they go to a nine. Oh, we're like inverts, Nina. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting because you guys almost provide that mirror to each other because. Yeah. And we always three- joke about how, like, you're a mirror and, like, how you and Cody have similar traits, too. So I'm curious and you and if, Zach like, that's why we're traits. so opposite. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. So um, when you're stressed, we call it like nining out. So you can kind of rely on, like, very comfortable habits. It's like those oh, lower yeah. sides of a nine where it's like Netflix or you know, um, just eating food, anything that's like, like comforting for you. Mm -hmm. And you, it's almost like you're zoning out. Like you're not really aware of what's going on around you. Um, you're just not really fully present because you're trying to work through something on your own because you have this, this feeling like that you have to work through it on your own. Mm -hmm. Mm, I'm so, so curious. I'm actually probably going to like go and check out all this stuff when we get I off know, the call. I know. We're going to hang up and I'm going to be like, do, do, do. I know. Um, and you'll be like, I am a, I am a, what are you, Liz? Maybe a nine? A nine. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
so where did this like where did this come from? Like, what's the the origin of the Enneagram, the history of it? Because I'm also a nerd, so. <laughs> Chris is the Enneagram nerd, so I'll let her answer this one. <laughs> yeah, so again, I, I would encourage everyone listening to just do a quick Google search so you can see like the, the diagram that goes along with the Enneagram. So again, it's kind of like a sacred geometry-ish shape going on. And it these, looks very, I was like, like it kind of looks like a lotus. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. <laughs> and so like the, that diagram has kind of been around for like way back in the day. Like, I don't know if it was in Egypt, but let's say like Egyptian times, like it's just been around And then its popularity really came in the 21st century through a man named Oscar Ichazo. And he was just bringing these teachings of the personality formation to the modern world. And then beyond him, there was a man called Claudio, I'm not going to pronounce his last name right, but Naranjo um, from South America. And he was a psychiatrist and he is the one who came to North America and started teaching it in different sectors here. So it's really his teachings that are the ones that have trickled into our culture today. So did you decide, were you like, okay, let's use this within um, our platform and in our business and that sort of like the core structure? Or is this something, in addition to you guys using it with each other, is this something you're teaching, like that you just want to keep teaching to your community and the people you bring to the business? Yeah, I would say... If yeah, that makes sense. It's definitely a tool within our team. So within the five of us, like we all speak this language. And then I think depending on what the gathering is that we have going on within Women in Dharma, uh, like Enneagram, I feel inevitably comes up because it is just such a mm. an inspiring tool. And it's exciting because you get to research it yourself and you're kind of like your own detective around it. We don't have any like specific courses or anything on it. However, I kind of want to say yet because I feel like that's something that could be really Mm -hmm. cool, especially since we put the spin of it being more of like an energetic thing versus a personality type. Yeah. So can you explain a little bit more? Because I'm like on your website and I'm looking, because now I'm so curious, like what all are they offering through Women in Dharma? And so you have like a whole list of things under exactly like what we offer. So I was wondering if you could explain some of these because I see that there's like one-on-one coaching and there's like courses and then like what's soulful photography? Like what are all of these things? That sounds fun. And the circle. And yeah, I'm so curious. Yeah, so I guess we would describe it as, to put it simply, because we, so we had a team retreat in November and we came to the honest realization that we were offering so many different things. However, it was just so challenging to speak about it because we didn't have a very simple way of bottom lining what it is. Mm. So I would describe it, I guess, as like three different buckets. So we have self-led options, which is where we have our Create Your Own Dharma Map course, We have Soulful You, um, which is an online subscription where we provide you with like 
meditations and worksheets and journal prompts and rituals to support those phases of the moon. Mm. So it's all about connecting you to your feminine energy. I'm so into feminine energy and the moon. And it's like, yeah, I love all of that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So that is like just um, a subscription that you can, you know, enter for in our website. And um, Chris, is there anything I'm missing on the self-led options? Nope. No, no. Okay. So then we have the gathering component and that is where that bucket has our heart ventures. And so this is a, um, an experience that Krista actually created. And it's all about going on these adventures with a bunch of like-minded women and just having really soulful conversations and just having the most like nourishing time where you can disconnect and you can just feel so connected to yourself. And so we host those in Toronto, in Halifax, and in Vancouver, where all of us are located. And we also host retreats. I'm drawing a blank on... Like we kind of... We host Dharma dinners, which is feature um, a really like inspiring guest. And then we also have the other bucket that is all focused around transformation. So this is where the coaching comes into play. And that's where we have the circle gatherings, which um, we're going to be launching in February. And they are going to be every few months. So like, there's always an opportunity to be a part of those. And that is a group gathering with a specific focus. So Krista's hosting a goddess group, and there's going to be a self-love group. There's going to be a creativity circle And then beyond that, we also offer one-on-one coaching as well. And I want to let Krista kind of top up anything else that I've missed because I feel like I must have missed stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds like a lot. Yeah. I mean, a lot of amazing things. Hopefully it's not too overwhelming and someone's not like, oh my gosh, where do I begin? But it's one of those things. It's like, okay, what were you intuitively drawn to? What did your ear catch there that you might want to explore more? Um, the two things I will top up on is one of our team members, her name is Didi. She, her background is as a therapist, and, but currently she's a, she focuses on photography. So she's the one who's providing these soulfully, soulful mm. photography sessions. And she like spends time with you getting to know you. And then she'll take these photos that just, I don't know how, but they're like the most gorgeous photos you'll ever see. And she's just, she's mm. so good. Um, and she travels all around the world with her photography. And wow. then um, the most exciting heart venture that we have coming up is happening in Scotland. So we're just gathering a group of women oh, wow. and we're walking together during the day. And someone's going to carry our bags to the different places we're sleeping. <laughs> um, so yeah, mm-hmm. we're going to focus on walking and connecting and do these guided meditations and just have like this time in open air together um, as women. So you have offerings for women that are not just in Canada. Like they can they can attend the trip in Scotland if they want. Or there's are the circles online or are those in they're online, which makes it super awesome to connect with people all over. Nice. I was gonna say probably the subscription ones or digital the um what you're talking about, like the, the moon cycles you, yeah. and like all of the mantras. Yeah. That's probably all something that are our US of A people could mm-hmm. take advantage of. 
Because my interest, I'm like, oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. I know Nina. As soon as they said moon, Nina's like, yes. I'm like very much wanting to dive into astrology a little bit more. And like the two things I want to do right now is I want to get my Reiki certification. See, I'm all about the certifications. (laughs) I want to get my Reiki certification and I want to like really tap into astrology. Because I feel like when I'm really like in my feminine energy and I'm connecting to the moon and like what's happening in the stars and the planets, I feel like this greater connection. And yeah, it's just something that I'm very interested in and intuitively drawn to. So yeah, I'll have to look into it. And that reminds me like um, one of my favorite quotes is that we're all made of stardust. And so it's like inevitably mm. you're drawn to that, you know? Right. Yeah. Cause you can, you are it. So you're going back home. Yeah. Um, so I, just it, what you said, Nina, got me thinking. The Enneagram, can, is there any like like higher power spiritual applications to that versus like, I think some of what we've talked about a little bit is, um, I don't want to call it more practical, but like definitely like interpersonal communication kind of things or like dealing with stress. Is there any like higher level, like using that tool on a higher, more spiritual level? Totally. And what came to me first when you asked that was it's like once, so it's all around the ego. So once you know your highest Enneagram energy, if you can let that drop and that realization that whether you're a two, a three, a nine, we're all one, it's like that's Mm. where the spiritual peace comes in for me. I don't know, Blair, if you want to give your insights on that. Yeah, I feel like it touches upon that a point that I've really been realizing is that as you grow up, you become conditioned to be a certain way and you're expected to show up in that way all the time. And I think what the Enneagram has really shown me is that we all have that most natural essence and all it is is just taking off those layers of the ego to mm-hmm. discover who you are at your core and and using that as and using that spiritually in the way and like by spiritually i mean using it to serve the highest good using it to support people to raise the vibration of the world whatever it may be it's it's using those innate gifts within you for a spiritual cause, which is just genuinely helping people. Um, and so that's basically what I've noticed and that's how I've made it spiritual for myself. Yeah. I like this idea of like always coming back to we're all one and we all have so much more in common with each other than we think that we do. And sometimes it's I'm reminded of when we're kids and how we have like, you know, we all have like special talents or gifts. And those are like, you know, maybe what, you might be a little bit higher in, but that doesn't go to say like we all we all manifest like, how do I want to say this? Like we all have every little piece within us. It's just some things are stronger and some might be less. And like, how can we use all of that to our advantage to better the world? Like how can we show up with our strengths to support somebody else? And how can we learn from our weaknesses to, um, you know, improve ourselves so that we can then show up greater for the world and for our society? Mm. Totally. So when it comes to all of this work that you guys are doing, what's really, um, where do you see it going in the future as you continue to grow? It's a loaded question. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I can speak to what comes up first for me. Obviously, our name right now, as we know it, is Woman in Dharma. Um, And we recently had our quarterly meeting where we really dial in on what is our vision? Like what's shifting? Um, What do we see for ourselves? And one of those intentions is, in the grander vision, is to have a men in Dharma, Mm. to have something for men to tap into, um, you know, their unique energy and to feel fully supported. And we want to create something that is super inclusive. However, our energy right now is just really focused on supporting women through those unique experiences that they go through. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's definitely something that's in the grander vision for us. And then also something that we've talked about that um, feels really important to me is actually eventually integrating some type of workshop or something where we we bring dharma to like young girls Mm -hmm. and focus on like connecting them to themselves and building their self-worth and really creating that strong sense of identity and purpose at a young age so that they can feel fully supported as they grow up Um, because I feel like to me that is so important because like that's what I truly wanted when I was growing up Mm -hmm. and that's what I really hope for is that we can just continue to support women like at all phases in life. And you even mentioned earlier that we've been like conditioned to act a certain way or like we've strengthened, sorry, we've strengthened certain areas of ourselves just through like experiences that we've been through or like maybe our family or experiences we've had at school. And and I know from teaching middle school for seven years that it's so needed. Like young women especially need this information earlier because as we get older, I feel like we don't even realize like half the problems we have stem from um, childhood experiences or like fake stories we've created in our head. Um, Mm -hmm. So getting this word out to younger women would be such a great resource for them. Yeah. And I'm not sure about you, Krista, but I'm wondering like, was there anything else that we had talked about that was in our bigger vision. I'm wondering if I'm drawing a blank on anything else. No, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, The only thing that I like to top up on is this idea that, yes, if our dharma is all of us on our journey, all of us are intertwined. And so where I kind of get excited is the thought of like, gathering as women. And actually that kind of speaks to what you guys have coming up in September. <laughs> but this Gosh, idea yes. of oh, yeah, it does. Yeah. I can't wait for that to happen. And you guys, maybe it's an excuse for you to come visit Columbus. I know you guys don't have a podcast, which is really what it's You could have one. You could have Should. one if you want to. I'd listen. <laughs> um but yeah, like I feel like me and Liz also are feeling like this big Liz was the one that had the intuitive like hit when we were at another like, women festival. Um about just I like, get all my best ideas when I'm collaborating with other women. Literally yeah. like all my best ideas. Yeah, there's some energy and power behind getting a group of women together and you just feed off of each other and like the creativity and also like every time I've ever been to a retreat, um like Liz, like we went to that yoga one together with uh-huh. Josie. And then I went to one with Rachel and the beauty boost. And every time I'm at a retreat with women, I realize like we 
dive deep into like soulful conversations so quick. And I'm almost like, whoa. And then after I'm done, I'm like, wow, I feel like this release. Like when I'm just with surrounded by other women, I, and you're all in that space together. You're ready to share. You're ready to listen. You're ready to talk and like get into all of these things. It's like you get the most powerful creative ideas and it's, it's what we need. So I'm excited to see like where you guys take this. And I hope our listeners like are as just as intrigued as me and Liz are to like dive deeper and into all of your guys' resources. Thank you. This has been yeah. so much fun. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, before we wrap up, because I don't remember if you answered this, Krista, but what was your background before you co-founded all of this? Were you into the these things or did it just stumble upon you? Um, a bit of both. So my formal education is environmental science and I was working in that industry and was like, this is, I, this is soul sucking. I can't do this every day. Uh, so Mm -hmm. then at the time I actually went and I studied nutritional therapy and Mm -hmm. my first business was called food savvy and just really helping women with food. Um, but then I got to the point where within that confine of food savvy, I was talking more about mindset and spirituality and mm-hmm. different facets like that. And that's when I realized like there was something called coaching and that I had never really heard of before. Um, beyond like food coaching. And yeah, so mm-hmm. then I got my coaching certification. So I also like to get the certifications. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like you two are very similar and like we are more similar on that end yeah. too, which is funny. <laughs> totally. Even though Liz, I and think you then, do get yeah. a lot of certifications. <laughs> and then it all <laughs> fell into place and you started doing this sort of work and bringing everybody together. Totally, yeah. <laughs> There he goes. There he goes again. <laughs> cool. Well, is there anything the you guys want to add before we wrap up? Or where can our listeners find you? Where's the best place that they can use your resources for women in Dharma and keep up with all of the work that you guys are doing? Um, yeah, we will definitely send you guys the link that you can put in the show notes cool. for the Enneagram uh, resources. Um, but I'd say the best place to find us is we're on both Instagram and Facebook at Women in Dharma. Um, and then both of us personally, um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook, Blair Connolly and Krista Butler. And so, yeah, um, I don't think that I'm missing anything. Perfect. Those are like the key places, like Instagram, Facebook, website. um, And that's perfect. So they'll be able to reach you guys there. And hopefully someday we'll be able to meet in person at like a cool women retreat. We should all, you know, make it happen one day in the future. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be amazing. So and and for you guys <laughs> and who anyone who's listening, if you start exploring the Enneagram and you just want to hash it out with someone, send us an email and we'll happily hop on the phone and just talk it out with you because sometimes it's super useful to have an experienced Enneagram person to flush it out with. Oh, that's awesome. 
I'm sure that I'm going to need some help because I'm, I've already, I'm like, I could be this, I could be that. So it might be nice to talk it out with someone. Maybe you're the indecisive one, Nina. Maybe I am. (laughs) You're right. I might be. I'm going to have to do, I'll have to do my Enneagram and then get back with you, Liz, and let me know what, or let you know what I came up with. Well, thanks again so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so glad we got to share what you guys are doing with our listeners. And um, yes, well, I'll have to stay in touch. Yes, please do. Thank Thank you for having us. It was so much fun to talk to you guys. You're welcome. All right. Well, a big thank you again to Krista and Blair. We will have the resources that they referenced for the Enneagram in our show notes. So we highly encourage you to check that out. We also would love if you would head over to their website, which is womenindharma.com and follow them on Instagram at the channels they listed. Hit them up on Facebook. Get to know them. We'll make an appearance on there soon. Yes. We'll be on their Instagram. Yes. All right. We will talk to you guys next week with a new and inspiring guest.